market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, it was a bit of a mixed day for our market, but much better than yesterday's action. Today, we got three out of our four major indexes managing to finish positive. Still a lot of back and forth action from negative territory to positive. At one point today, the Dow Jones was down over 300 points, rallied back to only finish down 70 points. The NASDAQ also rallying well over 100 points from its low today as well. So depending on when you saw the market today, uh, you might have very different views about now. But ultimately, at the end of the day, to finish higher, uh, for most of our major indexes at least, was good to see, especially on a day where we had the 10-year yield just has been continuing to truck higher here. The 10-year yield up just about 1.5% on the day, now at a 4.62%, another highest level since 2007 today. The U.S. dollar also hitting its highest level since November of last year today. And oil, you know, a, a big sign that people are looking at higher energy prices contributing to higher inflation as well. Today, oil briefly got above $94 a barrel at the highs of today. That's the highest level for oil since August of last year. Let me double check because I saw a different chart earlier. Yep, no, that's the highest level for oil since August of last year, uh, but it did finish below $94 a barrel today. You've probably heard us talk about it a lot here. You know, a lot of people calling now, we've been in this camp for some time for calling again for $100 a barrel oil and saying that it's likely not to go back below $100 for a very long time once it gets back above it here again. Seeing more calls today from those like JP Morgan analysts calling for 150 dollars a barrel for oil seeing calls as high as two hundred dollars even higher than that uh certainly not good good sign for inflation but a sign that you want to be long energy stocks here um and i'll get to that more in our sector watch as well uh but we've got a lot to cover here today uh seeing some very interesting signs and sentiment as we wrote to our members this, this morning as well as we finally exit This weakest two-month period of the year, we remain long and strong this market looking for a buying opportunity here, one that we believe will be a back-up-the-truck kind of buying opportunity. Um, So, as we see it, even with the dollar rallying, yields rallying, and, and a lot of other factors, we don't see this as a reason to head for the exit. Uh, overall our view does remain unchanged and that you have to be buying the dips. And as Helene Miser wrote this morning, you know, we all want to be perfect in this game. You know, you look back at the historical record of charts. If you start to look at two, three, four, 10 year charts, whatever it is, you know, in hindsight, you're like, oh man, I could have bought right there and I would have made, made this much more gains. It's <laughs> investing is always easier in hindsight, right? So now as we see it, it's not the time to try to be perfect and bottom tick this. Because even if you don't call the bottom here, which is a near impossibility if you talk to many traders, uh, at least a near impossibility to do consistently. It certainly happens. Uh, 
you know, one that we got last year was the October 13th lows, uh, right? But it doesn't happen all the time. There's always there's not always that clear-cut capitulation event. But we think that if you've been buying here, and if you continue buying here, as we're big believers in monthly dollar cost averaging into your favorite positions, then you're going to be very happy with those purchases in as we go into year end, as we head into the fourth quarter, seasonally very bullish for stocks. And then, of course, the first quarter of the following year is also very bullish for stocks as well. So we're entering the most bullish seasonal time frame. We're leaving, you know, just a couple of trading sessions here left for September. And then we're out of the sell in May and go away time frame. Now, October is a notorious uh, for uh, being a crash month, but it's also notorious for being a month where bottoms are formed. Again, last year's October 13th low is a great example there. So again, <clears throat> any prices in these range that you're getting, you know, think you'll be very happy with over the long run. Uh, so buy the dip continues to be our view here. And one area that, that we like a lot, that <laughs> that has been helped a lot, I should say, has been sentiment. We like being contrarians here. We saw a little bit of an overreaction of bullish sentiment. Now, in this shakeout, we've taken out some of those weak hands that were buying without conviction in this market. We've seen a quick, just a absolutely rapid rise in bearish sentiment here. Take a look at a few of these. We now have extreme fear in the fear and greed index. That's the first time since March 15th that we've gotten to extreme fear levels. Again, that's something that we like to see here. Today, the total, uh, the finish price here for the put call ratio was a 1.3. That is extreme bearishness. In fact, it's the highest level uh, for the put call ratio so far this entire year. Again, that's a 1.3. Anything above a 0.7 is seen as bearish sentiment. So this is extremely excessive bearish sentiment here. And, uh, you know, it is very easy to be bearish on this market right now. There's a lot of reasons. And, and the reason why so many people do it is to build lists. Kip and I talk about this here often. Uh, but there are so many good reasons to be bearish. That's why it's so easy to take the bear side. Um, but we see the structural, fundamental, long-term reasons here that we are bullish. Liquidity in the system. Uh, a, all of our five megatrends that we laid out in the big bribe. The housing market with prices continuing to hit new highs even with rates at these high levels. Uh, the millennial generation in the process of inheriting $70 trillion in wealth. And we're also seeing it in terms of investors in cash right now. So back to the liquidity story, as we just saw a record $2.9 trillion in private capital available, available globally. Now you combine that with $7 trillion in money market funds in the U.S. alone. As we see it, that's liquidity that will serve as fuel to the fire for our coming move higher in this market. We're hearing it from a lot of people right now. They just don't want anything to do with, with this market. The everyday investor, the, 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 the average investor out there, they've parked their money in money market accounts. Uh, <clears throat> when they start to get a little more confidence back, that's massive fund flows 
to the upside. And to add to that, we're also about to get into the end of the month, or sorry, the, the beginning of a new month, fund flows, as well as the beginning of a new quarter, fund flows as well. So we wouldn't be surprised to see a little short-term front running of that action here. Uh, and even if that does just end up being a short-term move higher, leading to that capitulation kind of event, that, that won't matter to us as much here. Because as we see it, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we are nearing the best buying opportunity for stocks since the October 13th lows of last year. We're so well above those numbers. The S&P, last time I checked, uh, even after the recent sell-off, and I'll run this again here for you, from the October 13th lows of last year, just a quick eyeball of where we're at. From today, from that close to today's close, we're still up 22% from that time. And as we see, we're going a whole lot higher from here. But we're looking for a capitulation type of event uh, to really say that this is a back up the truck moment. Um, but we don't always get those kinds of capitulation events, which is again why we believe in monthly dollar cost averaging here. Um, so that being said, let's take a look at our market action on the day today. Again, three out of our four major indexes finishing higher on the day. Our one lower index was the Dow Jones down two tenths of 1%. But like I said, rallying at least some 250 points off of the lows of the day, finishing down two tenths of 1% to 33,550. What was good to see was the transports were able to to bounce off their 200-day moving average today and finish higher. Even if it was just fractionally higher, we would like to see the transports leading here. Next up was the S&P 500, really pretty much flat on the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, up 0.02% to 4,274. After that, the NASDAQ up just over two-tenths of 1% to 13,092. What we liked here were the semis we're able to lead today. We wanna to see tech leading the market and semis leading tech. Well, we got the semis leading for sure today. Um, just just barely finished shy of an outside day, which was one big reason why we called the October 13th lows of last year was that we got an outside day. So we just barely missed it there. Uh, and then finally, small caps leading the way. This is another group we want to see participating um, as small business, smaller cap stocks really are more US based companies. So it tells us that the economy here in the US is stronger than many, and especially anybody in the financial mainstream media is saying. That's how we've seen it here. We've been reporting on it. We get a lot of pushback on saying that, um, but we're, that's, our, that's what we're sticking to here. And another reason why we like that view, we're contrarians here. We're about the only people out there saying, yeah, the economy has slowed, but it remains strong. And, you know, part of the reason for that is still the Trump economic miracle. Uh, we've been talking about this since Trump left office and the day he left office saying that, hey, the U.S. economy is going to be all right. We put it in a great position going forward no matter what this corrupt Biden administration has to say about it. But the Russell 2000 up 0.98% to 1,778. And that'll do it for our major indexes here on the day. Again, good to see uh, a bit of a rally back after the down day yesterday, which uh, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, 
But, and I hope I'm not jinxing it here, over the last few podcasts, Kip's been getting the down days lately. And I've been getting the up days. So no complaints here for me. It's usually the opposite. I get the rough, brutal down days. Uh, and Kip gets the up days. Um, but well, here's another good thing about this year. Despite the current weakness and despite the down days Kip has been getting, the down days have really been fairly orderly, especially on a day like yesterday where we finished lower across the board, but we're not getting you know big down sessions like we saw last year. In fact, there's only been one down session in 2023 greater than a 2% loss. And I believe that's in the S&P 500 uh, versus 15 that we had last year. That's a much healthier year for our stock market overall. Next up, looking at our internals here on the day, we saw a lot of improvement over yesterday as well. Advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. No big two-to-one beats or anything. You wouldn't expect anything like that today, but still po- positive by roughly two to 300 issues for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. 52-week highs and lows were our low spot here. That's to be expected. This indicator can take some time to improve after a sell-off. And it makes sense. After a sell-off, you have more stocks closer to 52-week lows than you do to 52-week highs. So it'll take a little bit to turn this ship around. Uh, But we did see some improvement today. Still roughly a combined 10 to 1 negative for 52-week highs to lows. And lastly here, volume, managing to come in positive for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. So two out of our three major internal indicators finishing positive, we'll take that as a win here today. Next up, looking at our sectors here today, uh, get a quick refresh on this screen as well. So we finished with five out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. These were the sectors you'd like to see finishing higher, though, with tech and communication services, which is a proxy for tech, essentially, mostly made up of tech names. But what we really liked here uh, was what was different from yesterday is that yesterday was kind of a, a mini liquidity type of capitulation event where you're seeing a day with no flight to safety trade. Yesterday, Kip talked about this on the podcast. We had everything falling in price. All 11 sectors finished lower. Bonds finished lower. Stocks finished lower. Gold, silver, Bitcoin, everything, everything finished lower there yesterday. And the reason why we say that's kind of a capitulation style event is people are saying, hey, I don't care what the price is, just get me out. Get me out of everything. And so that it can be looked at as well as a mini capitulation here in the short term and is commonly seen at market lows and near-term reversals. Uh, today, again, a little bit different here. Energy leading the way higher. Uh, good to see energy stocks. Uh, you know, Yesterday was a good example of this. Oil was up yesterday, one of the few things, but energy stocks were lower. So again, that sell everything, just get me out of the market kind of uh, feeling there. Today, oil continued higher, again, hitting over $94 a barrel at the highs today. And energy still managed, or well, energy did finish up over two and uh, right at 2.5% today, nearing a 52-week high here once again uh, for energy, a group that we remain very bullish on here. After energy, we had the industrials, communication services, and tech. 
And then our laggards on the day were the defensive sectors, utilities, real estate, consumer staples, healthcare. Those are the defensive sectors. If we're going to see them, any sectors down on the day, those are the ones that you want to see down on the day. Um, and on that note too, utilities just about hitting almost a 52 week low here. That's its lowest level since October of last year for the utilities. Uh, no real love loss there. Uh, for the utilities, but on the real estate side, real estate did finish lower. Good to see the home builders catching a little bit of a bid here today, uh, up, up just over half a percent there, so not bad. Finally, for today, our VRA commodity watch. One last refresh on the screens here, see if we got any updates after the close. Actually, yeah, <laughs> glad I refreshed this. Gold actually finishing just about flat here. Um, Let's take a look. Well, just about flat now, but it did get below $1,900 on the day. Uh, gold now at $1,893 an ounce. But with the US dollar hitting its highest level since November of last year, precious metals, commodities really, taking it on the chin here today. GDX, the gold miner ETF, was down with all, nearly 3% on the day today. Uh, silver lower as well by $1 or 1.79% uh, to $22.78 an ounce. Next up here, copper hitting its lowest level. Well, my screens are freezing on me here. Sorry, folks. There we go. Copper hitting its lowest level today since May of this year. Uh, at $3.64 a pound. And I want to get one last look at this chart here on silver. Not sure what's going on in my system. Cleaning up a little bit. Uh, still, what we've seen in silver here, we're right at an important kind of support level here in its uptrend. We've seen a series of higher lows from silver. We want to see that continue. It's right at about this level right here. And then finally, oil. As I was talking about earlier, up big on the day, now up 3.67% at $93.71 a barrel. And finally for today, Bitcoin, now up four tenths of 1% to 26272 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com, click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.